2: Hello and welcome to another episode of the season review. It's me, and I'm with the UP lads. Well, two of them at least. I've got well, the, Dan. What do we call? Are you the host now, or do you still think of Gags as the
3: host? No, Gags wouldn't. Gags wouldn't dare say he was the host of UP anymore. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I, I guess I'm the host now, yeah. So we yeah. have the
2: host of UP. How are you doing, Dan?
3: I'm doing really well mate. I'm actually uh, um on top of the world actually. Yeah, we just um uh, absolutely fantastic day for Liverpool, isn't it? Another great uh, another great signing.
2: Absolutely, get to announce Darwin only four days overdue. Have <laughs> the feeling of it. Uh, as for it, well, went, it happened we, so quickly, and then nothing happened for days.
3: Yeah, we love, we love to, um, you know, to, to 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 leave that vacuum for the social media. We do. <laughs> we love it. We love to do it. We
2: do. We have to think of a scout saying for for the player to say as well, which we haven't seen yet. But
3: oh, oh, right, yeah, okay, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah.
2: being your chicken lad. How how are we? That's, they're uh, the wheelhouse. Uh, oh dear! But before we get on to next season and, and yeah. new players, we do have to talk about last season and mm. uh, your overall thoughts. Because it's weird. Because s- some of the podcasters we talk to don't do weekly shows, whereas you're always breaking it down game to game. So, so analytically, yeah. you you may have a more unique view on this. But overall well, f- views on the season,
3: yeah. I mean, it's like you said. It's like the U the UP is. Um... It's it's a massive commitment, you know, doing every match to the to the level that we do, and when you're in there, and um, we talked about it on our season review like last week. I'll just pluck that one because it was I thought it was a fantastic season review pod. Um, yeah, you, you, you know when're when you're in the, when you're in the grind of two matches a week and two you know you've both got to, you've got to analyze both watch both and and do the up it's 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 huge um call on your time as you know as a as a fan and, you know, if you've got especially if you've got a full time job to do it all and because because i do that i do appreciate the journey. Absolutely mm. appreciate the journey that we've been on this season. We, we we've done every step of the way into in into great detail, and and we we've seen all the the quality that we've got, you know, and the various times and the times that we have thrown in poorer performances and things like that as well. So, I mean, for me, the season has been, a, you know, an absolutely magnificent season, one of the best seasons in the club's history. Um, it's like it's a bit of a shame for me that. Such an achievement as a cup double, which you look at the context of what Liverpool in its entire history, mm-hmm. it's it, it's 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 a brilliant season, and um, and and you know, ninety two points. We cannot ever lose sight of just how difficult it is to get ninety two points or more, because no other manager in our history before Klopp got more than ninety one. So you know, it, it it it's like I think we've become. Desensitized to the absolute elite quality of the new, squad,
2: new level of football. The manager, of, yeah. absolutely,
3: and we must never lose sight of that. And you know, some of our younger fans, you know, <laughs> like so come, come all, all your da, but you know, you, you you've never had it so good, you know, because you'll never, you know, unfortunately, you may never have it like this again, you know, mm. um, you know, this, this is a golden, a golden period, and it was, and, and for me it was a golden season it, it it's pretty difficult to pick holes in anything in the league if even might for me because you know mm-hmm. over 38 games 92 points it's an amazing achievement um and, and but you know the only disappointment really was the um was 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 the champions league final yeah. but you know if you look at that we we're all about process on our part all about the process and there's nothing we could have done in the process which was any better i thought we controlled virtually every controllable there was to control in mm-hmm. that match. And, you know, the first half, could we have really played that first half any better than we did?
2: You just can't factor in that Real Madrid have magic. <laughs> That's well, basically yeah, it.
3: You say that, yeah, you know, and I know they did play brilliantly at, you know, at one nil, of course, but you know, it's a mishit shot. I mean it was Why, oh, right. it's just and, they've and, got and that how, special how, relationship how, with it, How, how they? can you plan that? Yeah. How how can you plan for a, a, you know, a miss hit shot? It wasn't it wasn't an Ancelotti masterclass. It was nah. a miss hit shot that fell to a player in space, and
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know, and um, but even at one nil, you know, there was we created three or four chances, which you know, which which caught to us caught to our save. So, yeah, it was it's just it was a it was a downer. But you know, as yeah. we've heard, you know, it's as that was as much to do you with know, the French authorities and the context around in the matches yeah, as anything well. else.
2: Well, we'll certainly come on to them, I'm sure, them too. We'll come up in the worst match and worst moment segment as well. But yeah. you, you mentioned a great season for us. Is there a match that you particularly have fond memories of this season?
3: Yeah, i gotta go, I got to give a few things which are a bit different to, to the, the most. And, and and I think some of it's going to be related to the UP side. Mm-hmm. of But this was, um, for me, it was the second leg of the League Cup semi-final against Arsenal. Right. Because because you didn't expect me to say that did you no <laughs> because of the um we had the training ground closed didn't we Um, you know oh League and we match.
2: we lost to arsenal as well because we were scared of them as well yeah exactly
3: yeah. and it was actually had we public health England come in, closed the training ground and um and you know we shut down for 3 days and and then we end, we, have, we have to get the game postponed don't we for a week and what it was is that it was the absolute the arsenal fan base are just an absolute disgrace. I, I, you know, I thought Man United fans were, were were bad on Twitter, but Arsenal just take it to a new level. They are the whiniest, the biggest bunch of man babies, <laughs> just, just absolute puerile children everywhere. And he's like, Klopp, Klopp has won fourteen out of twenty matches in, against Arsenal in all competitions since he joined. He's lost once. He scored more than three goals like twelve in 12 of those 20 games. He, he, they're his favourite opponent. And it, when Arsenal fans were just all over about the conspiracy theories and why we clo- you know, we're getting the training ground closed, we're trying to get it postponed, we're running scared. It's just absolutely hilarious. And then we go there, and then they have about 15-minute good spell, where, which which results in one off-target shot. <laughs> And, yeah. and then and then and Diogo Jota ends the season with more goals at the Emirates than Gabriel Martinelli.
2: Beautiful. I like <laughs> it. I like
3: it. It is just do you know what I mean about Arsenal Guy? Yeah.
2: No. Are you like when I was growing up it was the, the Henri and Burkamp Vieira oh, team. Yeah. It was almost a second team because they were the ones stopping United basically, <laughs> whereas whereas we were we weren't in a position to do that. And yeah. it's like well, Arsenal, you got to back them, and even like their their uh, Champions League final against Barca, you kind of have a soft spot for them because everyone likes Henri. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, but God, it you have to just really call it the Arsenal fan TV generation, even though I don't think that's in its pomp anymore. Hmm. But it has just turned. Well, you call it the man, but it is the man baby, a shook to eleven, hasn't it? It's just odd. <laughs> I'm
3: it up to eleven. Yeah. <laughs> Defo. They're just, they're just pathetic.
2: It is, it
3: is. But I, I do. I not, Chelsea fans are just nasty, right? But Arsenal fans are just pathetic.
2: Yeah, yeah. But that is Twitter. When I'm in a nutshell, isn't it? Really,
3: always brings out the worst in people. Yeah. Um Have you got a favourite moment? Uh, favourite moment. Um, I, 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 did, I do like, did like from an analytical perspective. I did love the Kepa sub at the League Cup final. Yeah the specialist goalkeeper who didn't come on and, and actually save any pens that was that was quite good um but i think just from a from a science again from a science perspective i think the um the tiago goal against uh porto at anfield the one that defied physics <laughs> because it def- because it defied physics ah it was just it almost like rose didn't it mm. you know i think it turned out that it very very slightly brushed it kissed it kissed the turf and it, which wasn't actually visible really on the camera was it and that what it meant to give that like the hovering and then the the rising that was just a thing of beauty that was it was like you know that that is art
2: it was i mean it yeah. was filth that's what it was that's right the strike <laughs> yeah.
3: was so pure because it was like an arrow it didn't deviate did it at mm. all
2: i just don't think anyone else it may be trent but i don't think anyone mm. else could do that at R2.
3: no no i don't think they could no that, that yeah. was just that was just just pure art
2: really was but sadly, we do have to flip this question. And, and worst match, there'll be some popular picks on this. But have, yeah. you, have you got a a, well, a unique um, one? Or?
3: I, I, just just for the sake of being different and not saying the Champions League final. Um, the when we did when we did the season review, um, and you know we talked about where City did well and you know where they got lucky and where we did well, we got lucky mm-hmm. and unlucky. I think the only way one we could say. That was a really bad performance um, without mitigation. Was the Brighton game at home, the 2 2. Right? Um, I thought you were going to say Leicester.
2: No, no, no Yeah, that was no, a bad. Because, one,
3: was you there. know, we've mowed Mr. Penn and should have had four goals that night. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, but the Brighton game, we didn't really create that many chances. Brighton out, ex Um, You know, what What we did have, we missed. Cater goes off injured and mm-hmm. then we lose for 2 0. And worse, Adam Milana make plays like bloody May <laughs> or something up front just to honest to god it was it was it was the peak of the um, we spent we seemed to spend all of the autumn on up talking about Jordan Henderson's form in the, yeah. in the in the system yeah
2: yeah yeah
3: and this was like i think this was the peak game as well where he basically had Trossard and um Lalana around him and behind him and stuff like that, causing all kinds of... it was just a really bad performance. And I think, you know, even in a team where you get 92 points, you know, you have to look back and say, is there anything we could have done better? Because it was a home mm. game, was home coming game. from
2: 2 0 as well,
3: and we, and we, and we were 2 0 up, and we could have lost it, to be honest, yeah. you know. And so, I would say that that's the only one you could really pinpoint as a bad match because, you know, the Spurs away, you know, even, even given the COVID absences, right? You know, the VAR was absolutely yeah, stunning. Leicester we should have scored a hatful anyway it was mm-hmm. just one of those days you know um, maybe the worst moment would have be, been yeah um, or was, there, was this was the worst match wasn't it
2: no we can move yeah we can yeah, move on the I worst think, moment though if you want
3: to yeah and I think worst moment I'm going to go for two right mm-hmm. and I'm going to go back to the City 2-2 game at Anfield mm. and the De Bruyne deflection to make it 2-2 um, yeah because you know, that Let's go in. You, if you win that game, it's a three point swing, you know, straight away Mm-mm. between and That's massive, you know, for two teams of that quality. So you get into 2 1, courtesy of genius. And then, you, know, you you look at De Bruyne's shot, Alisson has it covered, and it just takes a massive deflection off. Is it Matic? I
2: think it was Matic, yeah.
3: Yeah, and just goes completely the other side of the goal. And then, just literally, about two minutes later, the Fabinho um, sort of looks open, like a,
2: the Rodri block on the line, and it looks yeah. like an
3: open goal almost. Yeah, and it doesn't quite get it away fast enough. And um, so, it, I, I think that for me, worst moment because I think that's as close as you're going to get to a moment in the league and sliding mm-hmm. doors moment in the league. And you know, and such against a again with two such high quality teams, you know, it does come down to, sm- to small details and fine margins,
2: yeah. So, no, yeah, that's, no. A, that's a good shout. That I, I think I blocked that Fabinho thing from my head. To yeah, just down. Did
3: he just did he just not get out from into his feet? And get it, shot it shot fell, his I think
2: it me. fell to his left foot, right. and then he put it on his right foot, and then Rodri ran the fastest he'd ever run in his football career. Yeah. So, yeah, he just kind of appeared. But I think if it fell to any other player, it probably would have been a goal, unfortunately. Fabinho only does screamers, doesn't he? Or penalties. Yeah. <laughs> God, wasn't he our top goal scorer whilst Afcon was on or something like that? Who's that? Fabianio. Did he score against oh, yeah, yeah, Two yeah, against yeah, yeah, yeah. Shrewsbury and then yeah, a few yeah, more. He did.
3: I think he got three and then mm-hmm. an got a couple. Yeah. So yeah, but uh, yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was it. We went, that was in peak grinding it out mode, wasn't it? Burnley was in there as well. Mm. It
2: was a, you know? a weird time though. Um, was we mentioned a few players there, but this question seems to be going either way, a couple of ways here when, I, when, when I've asked it to other people. And that's player of the year. Some people think you just got to respect what Moore did, especially in the first half of the season, but some have gone slightly different in their picks. But as we mentioned, you you, you look at the game analytically and stuff like that. Yeah. Does Moore's off-the-scale numbers translate into that to he, you? Or Allison? because well, he's a goalkeeper, yeah, so, one, of, one of his own.
3: Absolutely. So, I mean I you, you can't argue with what with with Mo Salah getting all the awards and um because for the for the first half of the season he was unquestionably the best player in world football you know for 6 months he was mm-hmm. he was the best player in the world and it's been a long time since we could say that you know um about anybody playing for Liverpool FC um Suarez isn't there? probably on know yeah, but even then yeah, he had Messi, he was Messi yeah, mm. and 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 Ronaldo. Um, so yeah, you know, it was a long time ago. Maybe, maybe you've got to go back to something like John Barnes. Hmm. Yeah, those, <laughs> those couple of, seasons. but then, even then you had like Marco van Basten and Ruud Holland against him and stuff from Lothar Matthäus. But anyway, anyway, but I think though I think it broke no argument at that with, with Salah in the autumn. Now, the only thing I would say is that you know, the, you know, pre and post half was clear. Clear difference. Oh, in 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 the putting the ball in the onion bag. Um, so for on that basis, I am going to give it to Alison Becker because his performance analytically was so far ahead of any other goalkeeper in the league. He, he was he, the problem is with keepers is that they're not sexy. They never get the they never get the awards. They never get the plaudits. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless it's unless it's the best keeper award, which is specifically where you have to give it to a keeper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 they never. They, 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 I think you know. I think it's in the European um, Player of the Year. I think one one goalkeepers ever, won it ever in like seventy years.
2: Yeah, I think now you got third in the Ballon d'Or in one year, yeah. and that was seen as a big victory
3: for goalkeepers. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I mean, um, yeah. So I'm going to say the Holy Goalie because you know he was he was pretty phenomenal the entire season long, and basically he, him and Virgil. They're the ones who enable the system because mm. we want to play the high line. Verge organizes the high line and the offside trap. Ali sweeps up and stops, you know, the, the, on the occasions the opposition spring the trap. You know, and mm. he, he, what he did, what he, the amount of goals he saved, I've seen some analytical studies estimating he saved up to 11 goals.
2: I, thought, up, I think I've seen one that was 19 this morning. 19. Oh,
3: was yeah. that the John I think it
2: was, Yeah, the Stats Bomb one, I think, was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: It's just... When you when you look at, you try and objectively quantify a player's impact on the match results and actually on tangible output, you know, you, you can say that, you know, in the end of the season, Mo didn't actually outperform his XG at all. You know, he was mm. pretty much neutral by the end of the season because of, you know, because of the hot and the cold spells pre and post Afcon. But if you look at what Ali, Allison did, he was way ahead, of, you know, in terms of what you want to get in terms of um, analytical performance. So, yeah, I, I, I think there's a strong case for, for you know, whether you know, you know, it's not, it's not maybe you know, it's as fashionable as Mo, uh, and Mo does deserve those awards. But yeah, just to be different, analytical, I'm going to go with Allison.
2: No, I think if there is one club in the world where you have to appreciate appreciate your goalkeeper to um, to the highest degree, it is probably yours. Because as you say, if we had De Gea who's an excellent shot stopper, we would be letting in prob. Well, as you said, 19 more goals because you just can't leave <laughs> his line.
3: So... Well absolutely, and and you saw this in the brief period under Rangnick when they tried to mm. the press and system. You know, him and Maguire, you know, they just they could they're hopelessly exposed. They just can't they can only play in a compact unit. Yeah. They cannot they cannot play with space around them. It's just yeah, they're pretty shambolic. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's just like, you know, um we need and you know, we need a a keeper like Alison Becker. I mean, Jan Oblak wouldn't be any good for us either. Mm-hmm. And if, and if to be fair, right, let's just be clear, um, Quevin Kelleher, when he has played, you can see he trains with Allison every day because you look at his yeah. style and, you know, he fits the style of the team that want to. And when he comes in and plays, he does the same things.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think we, uh, we I did a scouted with Carl the other day and we were talking about Kelleher and it's, we'd like him to get first team football, but it's finding yeah. someone who could actually back yeah. up. And, yeah. It's not exactly, yeah. you can just go pick a, an old English keeper for the quarter off the scrap because they won't play like Ali.
3: Well, it depends, what, it depends what LFC want to do. I mean, I mean, he, he, he doesn't he count as homegrown because of the, through the academy ranks?
2: Uh, It depends how old he was. Because he's Irish, it doesn't. But, yeah. like, Robertson doesn't because he's Scottish. Yeah. It, it's only Welsh people, isn't it? And, and English, obviously.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, so that would be interesting. If he's homegrown, right, I would say yeah. there's a, definitely a chase to say... Just playing more, and then say at some point. Ali's give him gonna the go. FA,
2: give him the FA Cup as well yeah. as the League Cup or something like that. Instead. Yeah,
3: and you say at some point Ali's going to go, and then by then you know you're going to be twenty seven, twenty six, twenty seven, mm. and you're going to the shirt is yours. You know, he can and fight Adam, out like, with the Polish goalkeepers we fought over the years. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah,
3: but I mean, you can look at Kelleher and, and you know what a player to learn from, Alison Becker.
2: Yeah, he's the most... Well, I think Neuer's the one who modernised goalkeeping across it, but Alisson's yeah, the one who's brought it to the Premier League, I think. I mean, Edison yeah, I think, gets I think, all the highlights, but Alisson's different, different level. Um,
3: I mean, you, you can't argue that um, Edison's got all the Neuer um, distribution and coming out of the box and stuff like that, but he's just not good enough at the savings. He's
2: not the goalkeeping <laughs> stuff. No, yeah, he's
3: not the goalkeeping. He's yeah, Yeah, anyway.
2: Yeah, Um. Before we go on to the next season, then we obviously do the podcast. Is the one that you're overly pr- prouder than the others of this season, or is the one that you like listening to or anything like that?
3: Um, I, I'm going to call out one, actually, because this was something we did something on UP which is completely different. You know, we do the pressing collection mm-hmm. and we, yeah, uh, go through the video. was after the Man United 5 0 match. Um, and you know all the discourse around that match, the narrative around that match about Solskjaer hilariously coming out and saying, right, we're going to press, we're going to press Liverpool, <laughs> <laughs> a team that has never done. As if they can just click the fingers and start doing it. So, so we thought, well, we're just we're just going to collect this now. We're going to break our Golden rule. We're to, we're actually going to collect the opposition doing it. So for the first time, Gags collected Liverpool as normal, and then Rosie went off and collected Man United. <laughs> so we went off and collected the oh, money nice
2: comedy stuff. central segment there. It, it was
3: it was and then we did a pod on it and put it out on the free side and we basically spent just about half an half an hour or 40 minutes or so just laughing at this it was the hilarity was was it was so good it was it was such a fun pod to do um because we we do this we did this really technical thing right without yeah in, in the in gags collects it all mm. and then it goes through a big um algorithm mm-hmm. and it turns out a load of metrics at the side and one of the things we d- we connect is something called pressing chain right now all a chain is 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 when the next press is within 30 meters and three seconds of the previous one right, right. and so, so you can see really rapid presses in quick succession you know in a chain and we can plot those on a data visualization right um so that's one of the things we've got is pressing chain and in that match Man United, it turns out they had the longest pressing chain that we've ever seen, right? They had a chain of twelve, right? But it ended in the Naby Cater goal that they conceded. <laughs> <laughs> As they, they pressed us and pressed us and pressed us and we just pass, 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 pass fact, We went they, they they pressed us like McTominay and, and Fernandes I think it was and Ronaldo presses from the halfway line back to Allison and then we we play back to Allison we built up through it was down down on our left I think wasn't it it was through Robertson I
2: think
3: so, yeah yeah I think Hendo was involved Cater uh, was involved and um, Mane was involved uh, anyway and then he just comes back and then he ends up getting swear to cater and three ball and then you know it's brilliant so they press us up and down the field didn't get a touch and it just conceded a cop. basically
2: it. dog chasing a car presses. <laughs> a puppy oh,
3: yeah <laughs> a puppy chasing a ball,
2: also managed by an old dog, <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, and then Rosie always talks about like Bruno Fernandez, that game he was like just like steaming forty forty <laughs> meters into a into a press, and then he turned round, and no one had followed him, so we just like said okay, bruno, somebody he he pressed, he pressed Trent, for example, Trent to see him, and then he just knock it to uh Matic, or knock it knock it to canate, knock it to van Dyke, we just go round him. It just—it was just. I think that was it,
2: probably the moment Bruno gave up on that season. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it was, it was just um, a really nice thing to do. for a, a nice twist on what we do on the EP, as well as being real, really, really fun at the same time.
2: Yeah, yeah, it does sound it. it's Always good to laugh at United's expense.
3: Absolutely. If you can't enjoy these times when I, when can you can never can do. Them. It's, this these these are the glory times, my friend.
2: Absolutely, and it almost leads on to our next question because our, our new signing, who just got announced, literally just before this podcast, hey. Darwin was seemingly. Well, uh, Simon released yesterday that he was expected to go to United, and we the yeah. M- the Mbappe knock-on effects run deep. <laughs> <seemingly>. um, <laughs>
3: this, that was a lovely one, that yeah, because um, you know he, he basically um, see the sports science world is small. He knows the Ben Feature sports science coaches. He knows the who's, he knows the guy who's the their Michael Edwards in their director of football in, in in you know in 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 um, in Benfica, and. Um, so, yeah, and they, they basically, when he was chatting to them, doing research for the pardon, asking about Darwin's, in, you know, in training and stuff like that, they said, yeah, well, we we all thought he was going to go to Man United. We thought the deal was done, and he was lying that they they were paying more money than Liverpool were offering. <laughs> and then we just come in and say, no, that's not happening. Right, player's coming at hand, we're coming, he's coming to us. We've got the agent on board. We've got the player on board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just hilarious, isn't it? Right. The boot is on the – the shoe is on the other foot. You know?
2: <laughs> Darwin, this is this is Zoom. This is Jurgen Klopp. He's a good manager. You want to join him? <laughs> <laughs> we like George Mendes. He likes us for money.
3: Yes.
2: Come to yes. us. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, but obviously, he's probably the well the second after Carvalho technically, but he's the first big one. You yeah. you kind of talked about it last night at the end of uh, your UP episode. Do you do you expect any more?
3: Um. Well, when we did the transfer committee um I was on that with uh, represent analytics on that one with with Gags and Dave and Mo. um we did sign a couple of midfielders, although we did release james Milner mm-hmm. so that was so so maybe we signed two midfielders on the basis of that and we didn't let anybody go out other than milly um so maybe I think we'd probably do one, and I think it's prob i i my hunch is it's gonna be um somebody who can play the six slash eight Maybe a younger player, um, you know, a similar profile to Nunes, maybe twenty one, twenty two, two. Mm-hmm. I mean, some somebody a, like that. A not
2: a not English Declan Rice.
3: <laughs> yeah, and 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 a not a dickhead Eve Basuma, you know. Yeah, yeah, like that, you know. So, um, yes. So, I mean, we did sign. I think on the on the um, on the committee pod, we signed. Um, The Leicester dude, Telemans Telemans and and Coney, Coney. wasn't it? Yeah, Coney. Yeah, is it Gladbach? Coney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, But obviously, Telemans as an eight is unlikely now. I think he's
2: linked with Arsenal quite heavily, isn't
3: he? Yeah. Um, but, Although if we but, went
2: in he'd probably come. Let's be honest.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just, it just seems to be. If, if Millie's not going, got um, yeah, another year. It, it seems unlikely to get. Oh, but you know, you, you never know. He is a good player, and he would be a good eight in our system. He'd yeah. be a very good eight in our system. So yeah, we would have to say because if we keep talking about it, maybe Liverpool will move for him. You know,
2: yeah, they might. Be. They're always listening. Michael Edwards. Yeah, they're not, they're it's there. not like
3: we haven't called a lot of players. They haven't signed before. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, some, maybe something like that. So I'll, I'll, just, I'll go for Kone of Gladbach because so we signed him on the. I think he's only 21. So
2: yeah, I know he's definitely young. He's definitely young. So yeah, I'll be an interesting one.
3: Sanga, Sangare was on our list as well, but we, yeah, yeah, we went for and, and Zakari. I think was another one we was on the list as well. Hmm. But yeah, so yeah, Kone. I'll
2: yeah, pick. I think I think the midfield is probably the one a lot of people will pick. Uh, on this show but um, last question before we go then uh, next season it's always tough when it's so early on because we don't have all, all the data if yeah. we keep it analytically um, but is the expectations to challenge Man City whether we win or come second and then get to the semi-final of the Champions League that seems to be a lot of answers I'm getting yeah,
3: um, yeah. I, I would basically I, I'd say the priority is, is win the league that mm-hmm. is my that is the priority, and I think it's doable. Um, we are due a little bit more of a swing on a few things, on a few um, fine moments this season. Hopefully, we might play City without them scoring a deflected goal against us, for example. Mm-hmm. So that would be nice. Um, you know, we get a bit of luck there in return. Um, but you know, you've got to think that next next season is um, going to be unique because it's sandwiched by the World Cup. By the way, I, I was going to say at this point, I will not be watching the World Cup. I am boycotting. Mm. Um, so, um, so I'll have I'll basically have six weeks off. I think in the middle of the middle of the middle of the year, I'll watch all but the League Ma- One football. I'll be on Sky all the time. <laughs> yeah. But Mo Salah is not going, mm-hmm. and Luis Diaz is not going. So, if you think what Mo Salah could do with six weeks off in the middle of the season, mm. you know people talking about Erling Haaland for their Golden Boot, Darwin Nunes for the Golden Boot. Don't look past Mo Salah.
2: Yeah, I was talking on WhatsApp the other day. I was like. I think there was a poll saying who will score more, Nunez or Haaland, and then someone quoted it and went Salah, and I went, it does scream of Salah and Harry Kane just fighting for the Golden Boot again, doesn't it?
3: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but you know, it's got to, it's got to be. I mean, um, you know, we've, the, the players are there's still elite levels um, in there. You know, we still got Van Dijk at his peak. You've still got Thiago. You know, we can get. And so it's just there's those. There's no reason. It, it's going to be a two-horse race, absolutely. Spurs will. You not think Chelsea
2: can make a jump at all now? No, not with the
3: no, no, not with everything that's going on and no. you know their ownership. But they're they they're just going to be like a light version of us from now on, you know. So I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not yeah, I'm not worried about Chelsea at all. Um, you know they're going to lose Rudiger anyway, aren't they? He's their best defender. So um, I, I think Tottenham are the might uh, you know potentially a, you know they might make a league. They have got a great manager.
0: Yeah,
2: um, already Buying a lot of people, are not
3: they? Yeah, so, but they won't, they won't, they, they, there's no way they can add 20 points to, to challenge for the league. And no,
2: I think in a couple of years, maybe, but again, it's still Spurs, isn't it?
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. They got 86 ones in the potch, but, you know, that's, that was their peak. But, you know, 86 isn't going to win you a league against Liverpool and Man City.
2: No, that's a good point. That is a good point. We, I um, think we would have walked so many leagues if it was. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, the priority is, win the league, I would I would I would play heavy youth players in the early rounds of the the league cup, as always. Yeah. I would play heavily rotated teams in the, the group phase of the Champions League. As always, just go through and don't over exert the key players and, and let's just focus everything on the Premier League.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm hearing that a lot on this show. But that's it, Dan, and that's it for the first half of the show. Thank you, Dan, for joining me. We'll be back with Phil Barr the new Uh, member of up for the second half so stick around for that back in a sec hello and welcome back to the season review show we're back with the second half of the up lads one and i've got phil bart with me how you doing phil
0: how are we doing you're
2: right guy I'm good. I'm good. We've been <laughs> finally getting around to recording this. It's only taken us a, a week or so, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Covid and stuff, it happens to everyone, seemingly. Um, but we'll get into this. I mean, season review, uh, uh, season overview from last last year, I mean, it was a, a really uniquely brilliant season because we were in for everything. There was ups and downs. But I, what, what were your thoughts on the season?
0: I think it was um, one of the best I've ever, ever experienced. That sounds a bit uh, dramatic that, but I think, um, no, I really enjoyed it. I think it was just, it was a journey. We kept saying that, but it was just amazing each week to see this side just go and do it, go and do it, keep things going. And you know, right up to the last few games, we were still able to win everything. And um, yeah, it was certainly one of the best seasons, best seasons in my memory. Um, and it's just a shame we didn't get all didn't go over the line. But you know, with me, people heard uh, me all season. The process was always good for me. Um, but largely always good. So I'm I'm not too despondent about it. But overall, I thought it was fantastic. to See some of the performances. See Ali continuing to be amazing at the back. Virgil return. Um, Mo start the season off on an absolute worldie Mm. Um, and equally seeing Thiago and Naby play together the first time was was pretty damn good.
2: Yeah, that was like just a secret little present towards the end of the season, wasn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, but uh, do you have
2: a favourite match from the season?
0: Um, probably because I'm like, uh, you know, statsy, as you know, um, from from my perspective and some of the stuff I've put out, there would be like a best match, which would probably be uh, United away, because we were just brilliant in process yeah. and, and brilliant in the final final third. And it's always been a place for me to go and, you know, absolutely as a marker of quality, you know, if you win at Old Trafford, that's always been like a big thing growing up as a kid. And to go there and win 5-0, I mean, geez, that was just something else. But in terms of fun, I don't know that some of the Arsenal games were pretty funny because there's be a narrative coming up before it, you know, how we didn't want to play and that kind of thing. And then we just went and battered them. Um, and even the games, we weren't really in it. And then we just sort of turned it on for a moment and blew a team away. Again, Arsenal away, probably in the, the league later on in the season. 0-0 at time, mm-hmm. came out second half with some changes and, and won the game fairly convincingly in the end. So, But yeah, I suppose a, a favourite because of what it was, was, uh, yeah, United away for me, because that's always been a marker growing up as a kid, as, as being a, a big game in the season. Everton obviously smashing them at their place was good, but, you know, United away.
2: Yeah, I think that one's quite popular this season, because, well, they left about 30 minutes in, which was fantastic, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and I think I said I can't remember who I said it to, but if even if Naby didn't get destroyed by Pogba, we probably would have went on and scored more. That kind of killed the game. So oh
0: for sure in that yeah. first half yeah I think it could have been anything. Uh would have truly embarrassed him because Navi was on another planet that game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um have you got a favourite moment? Yeah I've got two for you. So in terms of performance um Mo versus City at home where mm. he, he literally beats four players Mm. And just cuts back, puts it in the far corner. For me, was peak's probably a bit harsh, but that was just absolute pinnacle of that's Mo Salah. You know, in an instant moment, he's taken the game away from City. Unfortunately, we they scored a rebounded goal, which seemed to be a theme of their season developing yep. uh to, to get a point. But that that was truly amazing. I mean, Ali taking the mick out of uh, Pickford at home, diving in the ball was also hilarious. Um, and then my other one, which I noted in the problem when we did, it, was after, I think just after half-time, we're finding up away at Old Trafford and, and Trent is doing keepy-uppies on the pitch. <laughs> no one comes near him uh, for about you know a couple of minutes. And I just thought that summed up. Trent was totally cool. He and I were like, do you know what? You could do that. You can take the mick. So, yeah, there's, there's three there. But, yeah, all all different, hopefully.
2: Yeah, that that more, that more goal was, and the fact well, it's almost impressive because he did it the week after as
0: well. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just the fact it was it was against City, right? It's not like Watford. Yeah, he did do it against Watford, but I think that Watford side, as it turned out, were were truly awful. Yes. So anybody probably could have done something similar against them, but this was the the lauded City defence, which to be fair ended up being. Best defense in the league, so you know for him to turn them inside out and stick it in there is just what was think, another level. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the
2: amount of money he embarrassed that day is just spectacular.
0: Yeah.
3: Um,
2: we do have to flip that on its head, though. I mean, worst match. A lot of people are picking the last two games of the season, but is there any? Is there another one that sticks out in you in your head?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll come. The Champions League final for me for different reasons to my other choice. But Champions League final, I just, there's other elements to that, which we can go there or not. You know, I I yeah. largely didn't, I watched the game, obviously. I watched it more on a second watch for UP and I got annoyed because we were, for me, we were a better side. The process was good mm-hmm. and I, I still don't really understand how we didn't win the game apart from Courtauld being amazing. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't really focus on it because I was worried about, the fans, you Mm. know, your friends in there, um, I message gag saying, you guys all right, you know, that kind of stuff. And you just sort of completely um, emotionally drained from it before the game had even started. And then you worried about the aftermath and how it's going to come out and is everyone going to be all right getting home? And yeah, so I think on the day that was a horrible game, but not necessarily, I mean, I don't like getting beat, but I'm always process over anything else and the process in that game was fine but it's just everything else to it the emotion was just oh man what way to end the season and I hope and the fans being treated like that was was terrible you know I mean I toyed with going as I said on one of the pods but Mm. I'm glad I didn't in the end but um then the other game that I've got has been the worst match it was Spurs at home because we were on a roll there um and we just, we considered an early goal and got the goal back. But we just, I think that was the first moment where I sort of realised, not realised, I always knew, but um, some of the size points in the chat that we have, it was just the boys were looking jaded. They couldn't find another way to get that second goal. Um, and then I came out away from that game going, that's probably it now. that We needed to be perfect in the second half of the season and, and we dropped two points. And in the end, that that was you know, that was one of the uh, little slivers that meant we didn't win the title. Um And last game of the season, I can see why people put that, but I was... I re- Amazingly, I probably enjoyed that. That sounds mad. But that even that little bit glimmer of hope was more than I ever expected. Um, You know, being 10 minutes away from winning the title mm. was, was still better than I expected. Uh, I, the only thing that annoyed me out of that was that we didn't go ahead before half-time. So that, yeah, that yeah. might have changed City's dressing room at half-time, but... um no, I think for different reasons, the Champions League final and Spurs at home are my, my two worst match. Spurs, for um analytical perspective, was the worst process, the worst final decision-making uh, game of the season, so uh, up there with Leicester away, so yeah.
2: Yeah, I think the Spurs one, as you say, we were on a huge run, weren't we? And it was, as you say, it needed to be perfect for the for the title and then We were just so flat. Even even our goal was it was Diaz's deflected goal, wasn't it? And outside of that, we really didn't do anything.
0: Yeah, and it just was. It was just really unlike us to not make. It was the final third stop. We weren't making the right decision. And even Diaz, then I know he's hit a deflected goal, and it sounds harsh, and I don't don't mean to have a go at him as I've (laughs) been accused of, but he should have passed the ball. There was players in better positions. Yeah, it's just it's. It's those things that weren't quite happening and everyone was guilty of it And It's not just picking on players. It was just wasn't clicking. We were in the right positions to create uh, XG. We just didn't make the right call and it took what uh, we've lamented City for having a deflected goal to get the points. But it should have been so much better than that. In the mm-hmm. first half, we had opportunities to make better decisions and get, up get a goal ahead. And then we would have probably seen the game out, I would suspect.
2: Yeah, I think people have said the same about like Leicester game and obviously yeah, drawing with. That was all even the worse
0: than the yeah. game. That Leicester game. Yeah. Leicester game was even worse. Um, yeah. But yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, worst moment. Uh, this can be on pitch, off pitch. Cause we we know the Champions League final stuff, but is is there a moment that was just basically so obviously here?
0: the villain at a whole non. I think. Um, uh, having had that glimpse it was more than I expected, but then to be that close, but then the realisation in your head that once City score here, they're gonna win the game. And I think once you saw the first one go in and you're like, oh, how long's to go? Right, it's still 15, you know, it was that was a, a bit of a feeling. But the other one was a strange one. Uh, I don't know whether you've had this one not, but City away in the league. Um because that first 10 15 minutes, our big players were having a wobble yeah i didn't play well and i was like i just wasn't prepared for that it was oh wow we could get beat here like a real mm-hmm. you know we're in probably you know we're we're in trouble um let's hope we can get through it so yeah that was a real shock to me because i sort of built that up a little bit wrongly in my head and I, I still think it was right that if we'd gone there i think we would have won the title um beating city there mm-hmm. would have really giving us huge momentum going into the back, back half for the season with, I think, five to play or six to play. And just seeing our big players, you know, Ali, BVD, Trent, uh, I mean, Hendo, Hendo, but um, even mm-hmm. to a degree, just not quite start that game right and City be right on it and could have been out of sight in the first 10, 15 minutes. Uh, that was probably like a real panic moment, which I just hadn't got used to this season. This season, we've gone out, done our business, you know, it was just such a weird thing for us to see these uh, big alphas not have a good game. Yeah, probably the more annoying, I think it was the week
2: after we played in the FA Cup. I know it was their B slash C team, but we just went out there and dominated, whereas Bad the league them, game yeah. it was. Yeah.
0: But again, you, you, I don't think it was necessarily their B side. I think it was like the A minus, if you like, because a lot of the elements there were still first team players and a lot of them were still better than the rest yeah. of the league. By the goalkeeper, I think, it basically... Oh, the, was yeah, the goalkeeper team, might have been... Yeah. yeah, it might have been... But even uh, Edison nearly... He's had uh, his worst
2: season, I think, hasn't he? So, yeah, uh, he
0: put in it. He nearly put in his own net. And Jota, if he dived on the ball where it rolls mm-hmm. across the line, you never know. But I think also a midfield choice in the, the FA Cup game was better. You know? Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's true. And that was probably NFT's best game, wasn't it? Yeah.
0: I was going yeah, to say, either that or Ben Faker away with yeah. uh, best game.
2: Absolutely. Uh, moving on back to the positive stuff, because don't want to bog down too much. Nah. Player of the Year, I, I, this this has kind of been quite varying for the ones I've done. I'm not sure the ones Nina's done, but th- there seems to be a good selection of people people are picking. Is the one for you?
0: It's just going to be really boring then for you. Because <laughs> yeah, Mo, for me, was just utterly otherworldy. Mm. the first half of the season and even second half of the season the only thing that he was not working on was the shots he was still curating and a lot of that was because Mane was now playing up front so he might uh, was having to do the curation but I still the minutes he played the impact he had on games the goals the assists the hockeys the the pressing was better. I mean, even that Spurs game, we're talking, I said to you at home, my was chasing back after Sun after, um, their full back up, Ruzanga, but, um, Definitely. Roy Ali, you know, he's the one making backtracking runs to help out with Trent. It, it's mm. truly phenomenal performance from him, but then I can't go away without saying that Ali as well. Yeah. To save that number of one-on-ones he's a legitimately saved double figures worth of goals from one-on-ones. Um, was incredible, and he probably had one bad game, uh, West Ham away, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than that, uh, he just he, for me, he sat down to the rest of the league and went, Look, I am the best keeper, you can pretend if you want, but this is mm-hmm. how you are as a top level keeper. And no one got anywhere near him, he was absolutely superb. So, yeah, it's both ends of the pitch for me were that's where our players of the year were. Everybody else had, had good roles, but. I don't think any in midfield can ever shout because of the fact that the minutes, you know, Tiago Navi played what, half a season each, should we say, mm-hmm. roughly. They're basically one bad. player. <laughs> yeah, you know, Fab had injury commitment, injury problems, VVD was coming back. I don't think it was great till November, December. Yeah, Matt, if again, I had to go for a season uninjured was, was truly phenomenal as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then other than that, yeah, as I said, it's it's sort of, they were all good. They were all good players, right? Really, really mm-hmm. good. But, think and Trent's Andy the only different. one who comes close
2: to them too. But yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd agree with them too as well, to be fair.
0: Yeah, Trent was... Trent was right. And again, he had probably a couple of bad games uh, in the in the games where we didn't get pick-up points.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But no, I, I I picked more as well. I think the level he reached at in the... Especially the first half of the season, it's probably something we've not seen at the club since Suarez was here. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. Absolutely different level. And as you say, I the the goals weren't there, but the second half he was still doing other stuff, but he just wasn't shooting or scoring as much. So, yeah, yeah. so uh, but yeah, them two were the were the best of the season for me. Um, this one's obviously an interesting question. A podcast that you've been enjoyed, either listening to or taking part of. But is this this is your first year on UP, isn't it? Was it last year? Yeah,
0: this this year's first year. Yeah. yeah. So, so I thought it's a bit of a. I probably listen. To more pods. I don't know whether I do or not, but um than the rest of the UP people, I don't know, might not do. But um I think either the United pods for UP were brilliant to be part mm. of. Uh Ever in Away was also fun uh from a UP perspective. It's just they were all performances that were just utterly amazing, really. You, know, you to analyse and see how good we all really were. Um the City Away was a great pod to do, but I mean the result wasn't what you wanted, but to look at it and break it down, the analysis was really good. But in terms of other pods that I've listened to, uh, some of the roars have been right up there, really cathartic, mm-hmm. really fun to listen to. Um, I quite like, like a lot of the minefield that uh, they, you know, the. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, what I mean, they're talking about how they deal with certain issues, and that I, I quite most, like that. Most
2: unique pod, I think that one isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's really unique, and that sort of gives you a different perspective at times. And then, also, obviously, always the transfer committees are always good to listen to and see see everybody take a role on that. So that's probably my the ones I I, I listen to. Um, yeah, certainly. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Absolutely. You, the UP work just never stops, does it? It's always nah. a fantastic part. So, uh, how, 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 how has it been balancing the uh, work plus UP, which is basically...
0: Oh, work. I was saying on the last but one part or something, it's just... I know people probably do realise that they don't, but even having to watch... like watching the games back takes a long time, right? But you mm. need to do it, kind of, you're not you're not in the right zone for the game. And then find and then look at analyzing the data. And although you do a lot of similar things for every single game, it's still like you want to find new little truances. And then when you've got double headers, uh, and you've got to like, so if it's a midweek, then a Saturday, the pod will be on a Monday. So you've got to find time in the weekend. If it's like a Tuesday mm. pod, you've got to do, do you know what I mean? It's just that's the bit I've, I've, I've got, uh, I found tricky, but love doing it, love getting involved. But it was just that, that time element, I think, uh, having been there and done it a long, long time ago for work to come back into it now further down career wise, was like, whoa, yeah, I've forgotten what this was like, but, um, but then you, you have tools like, like Wisecout was a godsend to do, to um, you watch back footage pretty much straight after the game's f- finished yeah. and you can only watch boarding play footage, which helps out. So
2: yeah, it does not take, doesn't that usually take out like 30 minutes of the game or something?
0: Yeah. So most games are below about 55 minutes. So that means you can, and then I, i generally tend to watch them on one and a half two two speed so you, therefore yeah. that that part of your prep is reduced and you can contract a bit more on the numbers so yeah well oh, that's interesting that's
2: interesting but yeah i, I can imagine UPs a bugger, an absolute bugger to do yeah <laughs> my pods are just rating people out of 10 so that's fine for me <laughs> um right we'll move on then um This question was obviously written earlier in the summer because it seems like we're done with the transfer business, but maybe we just use this one. You've obviously done the Darwin pod over on UP and the Mane goodbye pod was out last night as well, but our transfer business seems to be done. Your thoughts on what we've done so far and if, if you do think it is actually done?
0: So I think Mo and Navi signing is critical. Yeah. Um. And that actually largely feeds into a lot of my thoughts about what we've done. I was thinking about this this morning, just checking as I was doing, doing some prep for you and i am make sure it's <laughs> all right. But uh, for me, we've got something has got, we can't sell Mo this summer, right? So no. he needs to sign in some way or another, either a short extension or a long one, because if he it does intend to leave, we need to get a fee for him. Otherwise we can't replace. And he can't go this summer because you'd the, then be replacing fundamentally the entire front three. Yeah. Um, and that's just training time and the rest of it would be, I think, too unstable for our performance and Navi needs to come in because he's had his best last season, so those two need to sign but I also think that, that maybe feeds into some of our other business. I still think, although so I will say the minutes are covered with midfield, I still would prefer us to get uh, a right side or a left side eight one of the two, I don't really mind which one Um for different reasons, you know, if you get a left side eight, Thiago go and play the right side eight. If you get a right side eight, we can go with Thiago. So, you know, either or. Um, and then Hendo has a distinct role for me as being backup six rather than trying anything else, which I think also quite important. So I just think that's an area I would still like us to look at. But I do think it's tied up with the signings. If we know what's happening with Mo, then mm. we can potentially go up someone this summer. Because we know Mo's going to be here. So the Mm -hmm. budget's changed. If we're selling Mo, then we know there's money coming in. So we could potentially go hard for someone next summer for a midfielder and tie it up this year. So, yeah, I'm. But I, yeah, I suppose from from an analytical point of view, I know that we can cover it in midfield. From a slightly fan, non numbers point of view, I'd like us to get another midfielder. I just, I'm sort of um, a bit torn about always having to make do. um, Mm -hmm. And I just feel like we're one player away from a complete squad. The lad is coming at right back. You know, I'm like with names and rubbish. Seems like a perfect profile, good deal. If Nico goes out for 15 million to Forest or wherever else, then seems like I've made money on that. Mm-hmm. Um, Darwin looks like a good fit. And I'm really excited about seeing how we change as a team. So he's more of a nine. So that would be really interesting to see whether this uh, double false nine goes away or whether we would kind of be morphing into playing a two-man pivot with mm. a three, like one in behind the one with Naby playing that right side role. Not so much with Hendo, but Naby in there or even Mo comes here and there and Naby goes wide right as, as size played around recently. So I'm really excited about that tactical evolution from that perspective. Um, who else we brought in? I must have forgotten somebody else. What uh, Cavalio. Oh, Cavallo! jeez. He's a really exciting um, young lad. Obviously, I think Klopp said he's going to play in the forward lineup, yeah. so that would be really. I think that could be really good. Uh, again, depending on systems and how we tweak things, he could be. It could be interesting, but I'm not going to burden him too much. He's a kid, isn't he? It's like
2: mm-hmm.
0: I'm not really expecting too much from Harvey, apart from just getting a thousand minutes under his belt, get used to playing in the Premier League. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think the midfield the midfield debate. I think everyone understands we have the numbers, but it, the Henderson debate rolls on again for another year. Yeah, but I, I mean, think a lot of it depends on what you rate Curtis Jones and Elliot as well.
0: I mean, I, I I'll say I I do rate Curtis Jones and I do rate Harvey. I just I'm not sure. I mean, Harvey's not played a thousand minutes in the Premier League before Curtis again. The uh, 1500, I think it is. So
2: disappeared for the second half of the season. Disappeared. Well.
0: Yeah. So in terms of they, they need to break into that circle of trust, which Nabi has. Um, and if they do that, fine, brilliant. Klopp obviously rates them. He knows more than me and, and we crack on, right? But if they don't and we end up with the same circle of five going or four going into the back end of the season again, then that's a bit of an issue for me or worry for me more than anything. But mm-hmm. in saying that, Nabi could be fixed. You know, he's, he's shown... Up, so his he, phone really massive durability. Um, So, yeah, I, I, there's a chance there that he increases his minutes no end. I mean, size so confidently confident he will. So therefore, if you have that rotation throughout the year, then it was knackered later on. So yeah, we'll see. I think, but I, I think I'm, um, the fan in me probably wants another midfielder and top quality midfielder as well.
2: Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you there. But I think, as you said at the start, I think I'd trade, I'd trade any signing for more to get a new deal. Yes, yeah,
0: so I'd say Mo in, Mo and Naby, for me, both yeah. signing and Mo would just be... I'd probably be happy then. I'd be like, all right, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Screw your wage structure.
2: Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> really cares. That's exactly. an excuse. Um, moving on, uh, last question then. Looking at next season, I mean, the expectations are always there with Liverpool, especially under Klopp in the, in the last few years. It's to it's win... Well, it is to win the title, but certainly to challenge for the title. It's, it's to get to the end of the Champions League, but we obviously had the domestic cups the, this year. The squad is down a couple in, in established players: Minaminos, offerigi etc. D- do you expect us to maybe just focus on the big two rather than?
0: Yeah, the I think two? if you listen to Scion Fatigue Index with the fixtures, you'll get where I'm going to come from as well. I, I, I don't think the schedule allows us this coming season to do what we did last it is not set up for one club going for history. Mm. It is set up for you to prioritise one of the big two or the big two and just bin off the cups as soon as possible. Um, I want to win the league next year. I believe the windows of opportunity with this current team are running out. So, therefore, we need to do that. We need to get on and start doing it. Um, The... Yeah, so for me to win the league, and I would suggest that we need to be clear at the World Cup break.
2: Yeah, I think we were well ahead in the season. We won the league. Yeah, with, and it,
0: so. I think we we I think we're due to play less games before. But anyway, we need to be clear at the World Cup break. So people, our best players because Mo's not going to the World Cup. Diaz isn't. Um, it's debate over whether Thiago will or what, Do you know what I mean? There's some key players yeah, that'll have a rest knows. going into the second half of the season, and mm-hmm. I just think if we go into the World Cup break clear, that'll feed into City's mind and and anyone else would, wouldn't mind joining the party. I don't think anyone will, but you know, um, then they they'll that could be very damaging for them psychologically coming back after the break.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's a good it's a good thing about the break. I mean. Do you see anyone joining us in City? Because Chelsea, big flux last year, the, the ownership stuff and really underperforming.
0: I, I mean, obviously the window's only really just opening, right? Yeah. But to bed in the fundamental changes Chelsea have got to do, I'm not sure. Um, the biggest issue, I think I did the preview on them last year, was well, up front it could all work. They, had, they did have the elements to make it work, it just didn't. Um, and maybe with, with Lukaku going, that's a good thing. Right, because it means Tuchel can play what he wants. He can play a system that works. Habats so was playing very well as a false nine if he stays. Midfield ageing, though. That could be an issue for them, but we'll see who they buy. The big issue was me was lack of pace at the back. Uh, yeah. And they've also lost established players. So, you know, Rudiger's going, Christensen's going, Aspera Coletta's, uh apparently yeah, yeah. rumoured to be going, Alonso's going. So for my... To bring in that volume of players that are going to have to be starters. I'm not sure you can get out the block starting like a house on fire, which you need to do next season to percent a chance. I think Chelsea might be there or thereabouts, not, not mm-hmm. there or thereabouts. I think they will be a strong side, but I don't think they'll challenge for the title. I don't think United will challenge for the title for the same reasons the overhaul they've got to do and if they get the players in yeah. could be huge. Um, Newcastle, I think it's probably a season or two too early. Um they are starting to make some smart signings in terms of, is it Ashworth they've got up there now? Yeah. Um, and they've got the money, obviously, to do that. So I would expect them to maybe look at Europe next year. Uh, make or break for Stevie Villa, he's really probably going to get European football next year. So, or a f- push for it. Conte Spurs is another one. I'm not sure. Yeah. They're making some really good signings, but whether they'll have enough quality to really push for the title is another thing. But I think they will have the ability to push City and Liverpool hard, um, so that they and equally, I think they'll be stronger against everybody else, which is mm-hmm. which might help us.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with the Spurs point. Conte is probably the third best manager in the league yeah, for my money, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And the team, well, yeah. we saw it when he got settled in, the team was already crafting, and it was,
0: and it was, um, and that's with players that are that to be frank, <laughs> are not great, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if he he's brought in, um, what's the lad? the fella is it perla Persic um, Persic yeah so that's already an upgrade on what he had he might be old but he's an upgrade yeah looking at bringing in another centre-half aren't they so you know the service yeah. would be
2: fun as well midfield
0: and they're able to maybe bring back the Numbumbale what's his name is
2: yeah if they can get if they can ever make him be bothered about football <laughs> it'd be it'd be a hell of a player that's hell of a
0: player to bring back into midfield if Conte feels he can get it get a tune out of him you know mm, so yeah I'll keep an eye on that, um, but otherwise, I, I don't really see anything past it. Because we chat about it on UP all the time, but to move to eighty points, that's over two points a game is hard. To move to ninety is absolutely incredibly difficult. Perfection,
2: basically. perfection. It's
0: almost you winning, you know, eight 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 games out of ten sort of thing. It's absolutely remarkable, amount Of of. Of consistency of performance, and when you're not playing well, still win, and that's that's the critical thing that I think. Not us on UP on, on, on AI, because I mean we've got a little bit more intelligent. But a lot of fans just go, "Yeah, yeah, we'll make these signings and we'll make up a twenty point gap." It just doesn't work like that. It does not work like that. Mm. You got to find something special, haven't you?
2: Yeah. Um, but that's it, Phil. Thank you for joining me. Uh, we will pair this with Dan Kennett, and hopefully, it'll be out soon. Um, Well, that is it. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. Goodbye. We hope you
1: enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community.